fans welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 208 yes have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension nobody in the universe can do what we're doing i've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the tardis should be free of the force field now there's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes the trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time change my dear and it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor Who, who related. related. Yeah, man. The Saranga conundrum. With a silent T. With the silent T. We were unsure on the T or the S, weren't we? Yeah, we weren't sure how to pronounce it, were we? What is it? Tsangra. Tsang- yeah, I didn't know if it was the Turanga or the Saranga, but we got it right as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think we, I think we did, yeah. I still can't <laughs> I say so. it, no. but I think we, I know how I'm supposed to say it. <laughs> yeah. I know how I'm supposed to pronounce it. Welcome aboard, new listeners. Welcome aboard, old grizzled ancients. Have you all had a belter? We didn't have any news or merch last week because we had to do our double review. Yeah. But we have got a few bits coming up. No merch. I, I don't know about you, mate, but it seems to have slowed down a little bit. I've seen a couple of announcements for upcoming merch. But mm-hmm. There's nothing recently released that's um, sort of got me eye on or anything worthy. No, but, no, there's a few bits floating around, isn't there? But not, not a great deal. I, I mean, there's this new five-inch Jody figure yes. that's suddenly popped up, but it's not been officially announced, although it could be by the time this podcast goes out on Friday, because I think it's imminent. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and the only other thing I saw, which, I mean, I know I didn't like Class as a TV show, but they did a vinyl version of the soundtrack, which has just come out or just been put up for pre-order. Oh, yeah, just now. And I, yeah. was, I was kind of tempted with it because I thought, well, you know, the soundtrack's pretty decent from what I remember. And what really sold it to me was the gorgeous cover. I don't know if you saw yep. it, that the artwork yep. for it was absolutely beautiful. It was a sort of collector's piece, and it was like double vinyl set. One of the vinyls was blue, one was orange, I think, or something like that. I thought, that actually looks really nice. And that got put up for pre-order this week. And I was like, yeah, I, do you know what? I know I didn't like class, but I'm going to get it, because that is a nice thing to have. And then I saw the price. <laughs> it was like 40-odd <laughs> quid for a vinyl. And I was oh, thinking, yeah. yep. no, sorry, no. So I was a little bit disappointed at that because I was literally immediately on my laptop thinking, right, pre-order? Nah, too much. It's a nice cover, though, but it's sorry, a, nice cover. a bit too yeah. much. I think I would have gone 25, maybe ooh, maybe 29, but no, not 42 or whatever it is. No. It reminds me of any geek collectible people, collectibles out mm. there. Uh, well, we might have heard of a company called Mondo. 
they do Mondo Tees and Mondo News and stuff. And they always do these amazing sort of custom artwork covers for things like vinyl and posters and stuff. And the style of that class um, artwork, the cover sleeve, yeah, really reminds me of all that stuff. If anyone hasn't heard of it before, just do a search for Mondo Tees, as in T-shirts, Mondo Tees or Mondo Custom Covers or something like that. And it's uh, it's always really sought after lovely custom artwork. They, they announced like an album cover. I think they did, the last one they did, I think was like a Ghostbusters one. And they did a Stranger Things one or something like that. But when mm-hmm. they announce it, the shop opens and it always sells out within like three or four minutes or something. But yeah, yeah it reminded me of that. It's just a really nice, something different, you know. I think sometimes who could benefit from a bit of that? Yeah, it yeah. was very stylistic. Stylistic. Yeah, and um, yeah. and also, I mean, it had to be good to even remote, you know, even remotely tempt me to buy anything related to class. <laughs> oh, you know I mean, course. it was it yeah. was that good that I was drawn into it. But uh, yeah, another piece of class merch that I won't be owning. <laughs> I'm afraid. I love that. Another <laughs> bit that you won't. Another own. bit. Well, I never bought that. Would never buy the series. But um, but yeah, um, there hasn't been a great deal of merch around really. There's a there was supposed to be a new Titan collection out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Master or Renegade collection, but it seems to have vanished. It's really weird. I don't know what's going on with that set. It's been floating mm. around as a pre-order for ages. And you know I love my Titans, mate, but even I've got to admit, it's not a particularly great set. Not it's really. got one or two good figures in it, the Master being one of them. Um, but that was supposed to come out uh, this week or last week, and it's just vanished. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really weird. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, strange, mate. Yeah, Strange times. Have you oh, been up well, to anything cool? Relieves the wallet anyway. Really? Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, well, not too much. I did get I did get a very nice piece of merch through the post um, two days ago, actually. It's, uh, I got the Missy Funko Pop. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, now yeah. I've got to be honest with you, when that went up for pre-order, I wasn't even going to get it. I just wasn't bothered about it. Mm. Um, and then a friend of mine got one and he posted a picture and I thought, yeah, it looks quite good. And it was only nine ninety nine on Forbidden Planet. So I thought, yeah, you know, I'll get it because I've got all the others. It just seemed a shame to miss Missy out. Of course. It yeah. was one of those sort of completest <laughs> yeah. things, I suppose. Um, anyway, do you know what? It's one of those pieces of merch that when it arrived, it was a really nice, pleasant surprise because I don't know what it is about it, but it's just a really nice Funko. You know, just sometimes they just, the detail and that on it's really good and stuff because um, they can be really hit and miss, mm-hmm. can't they? So that's a really nice little... Um, sort of pop i thought so i was quite pleased i actually got her in the end because they've got the clara tributardis on there as well Mm -hmm. which again i was sort of do i get it don't i i don't know um so yeah i was glad i got that and the only other thing i've done really is i had the tv to myself uh the other night (laughs) and i was in a bit of a i think i'd had one of those weeks and i thought right i need some classic who and i need it now um i thought i'll go for a bit of pertwee so i put on terror the autons uh, okay. I, haven't, I haven't watched that in, in quite some time. Um, I always tend to go for Spearhead, um, which yeah. I've seen lots of times. So I thought, let's, let's give Terror a go. Uh, I can't say too much because we haven't reviewed it. <laughs> um, but it was good to see a bit of Pertwee and Delgado, of course, fantastic and, oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I did enjoy that. And it's, yeah, it's been quite some time since I last put that story on. Um, I was just sort of looking at the, the picture quality, though, because they've really had to scrabble together various sources of film to put it back together and they've colored it in the best they can, but it's still not great. And I kept thinking about the Blu-ray releases thinking, how the hell are they going to remaster this? Cause 
you know they've yeah. done their best bless them and it's watchable perfectly watchable but the colors do bleed all the way through it and stuff where they've had color in you know the, the film and it's yeah it, it looks watchable but that's about it i would mm-hmm. say in terms of the picture quality you know they but i just yeah i just wonder how they're going to get around that when they come to do these so i wonder if they're going to put off the that sort of this, this sort of era until later hoping that technology will because technology moves so fast of it's course, possible yeah. it will improve enough mm-hmm. by the time they get to that season you know maybe they would have improved enough to to get it up to scratch but they are going to struggle with some of those i reckon well quite a few of those Pertwee and, yeah yeah for sure yeah but of course we've got the season 19 coming out soon which i'm really looking forward oh, of to course. yeah davison's awesome. uh first era yeah i'm looking forward to that mm. yeah let's hope they don't have any errors on the disc this time i'm gonna guess that they will because <laughs> <laughs> i because i was looking through my collection uh quite recently thinking there are cer- certain discs that had issues and there's quite a lot actually when you start going through them mm-hmm. and I, I didn't used to bother getting them replaced i'm talking to like in the dvd range as well oh, yeah, yeah. so like day of the doctor had the sound file i could never be bothered to send that off to get it but um the daleks you know the very early um hartner one oh yeah yep. uh has a layer transition mm-hmm. in that box set which is faulty which i never got um invisible enemy i think had a, a layer trans- I, was just, I was going through and thinking god there are so many releases <laughs> what i'm getting to is the bbc don't ever seem to learn <laughs> it's just like <laughs> they just bung them out wait for the fans to notice that something's wrong and then fix it. I never understand why they don't have just somebody just, you know, they've only got to watch through. Just a quality control person. Quality control. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. But no, it is amazing. I tell you, when you start going through the releases and how many Mm -hmm. of the ones in my set, in my collection, sorry, that are faulty, you'd be amazed, honestly. And I, nowadays I would be right on it. I'd get them replaced. I'd just, you know, like I did with the season, uh, which one was it? Season 12. 12. You know, as soon as they offered replacement discs, I was on it because mm. it's such a good set. But uh, no, I must admit, back in the DVD days, I was just like, cause you used to have to send your disc off before they'd send you one back. Mm-hmm. Now they just say, just send us proof of postage, proof of purchase, and we'll send you one. But yeah, when they used to ask you to send your disc off first, <clears throat> I could never be bothered. I was thinking, well, I don't, nah. you know, I don't, don't want to have to send off my disc and have an empty case on the shelf for six months. And yeah, you know, so I probably should have done. It's a strange one, mate, because yeah. it's not some, you know, those um, DVDs that I think you've got a few of them, you know, those real time pictures DVDs where, yes, you, yeah. where you've got very small companies, well, not even companies, but like, you know, just a couple of people mm. who are putting together those type of things. You'd, ex- you'd expect it from those, yeah, those type of releases, not a proper official BBC. I mean, it, it happens quite frequently. I mentioned ages ago, probably over a year ago. When I got my my big remastered box set of the X Files, when they brought that out a couple of years back yeah, now, yeah, and that was um, the the entire series eight was was naffed, yeah, and it and it's exactly the same situation. I thought at the time, I was like, how has nobody picked that up? How, how, it just baffles the mind, doesn't it? Because how does it get through? Yeah, because surely to God, there's the, the the companies that are doing the remaster and doing everything. Surely they watch it through at the end when it's yeah. all finally done, just to make sure there are no little errors to pick up before it goes to print, like the proper discs get printed and stuff. But it doesn't seem 
I don't know. It's, it happen, does it? It does seem strange. Yeah. So much effort goes into them as well, and then it's like, <laughs> but the end product doesn't get checked. It is really odd. Strange, I must admit, it? I do, I do regret not getting the Day of the Doctor Blu-ray replaced. I don't know if they're still offering that. I might email them actually because that was a sound thing, wasn't it? It sounds That's very right. tinny. They've got the sound mix wrong on the Blu-ray. That's right. Um, yep. And you know, this again is typical because it was on the standard release, and then they released that lovely box set, didn't they? With um, Adventure in Space and Time, and I forget what else was in it. It was like a three-disc, beautiful set. Uh, what was that called? But it had the Day of the Doctor in it as well, didn't it? So second issue of it, chance to get it right. Did they did they <laughs> amend it? No. Nah. So two stop. faulty copies of Day of the Doctor <laughs> in two separate releases. I mean, unbelievable. But yeah, I, I don't know. I might email them about that because I always regret because <laughs> it does bug me that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, it's not, like I said, it's not like it's a third-party, little-budget indie release. Mm. It's the proper, you It's know, the thing. BBC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and speaking of, um, of remastered, um, any Batman fans out there will love this. I got the, the recently remastered deluxe version of the Batman animated series box set the other day. Yes, and I saw I'm your just, picture of it, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just hoping that there are no errors on that. Because they've already made an error with the digital, because you get a digital code to watch it, you know, online. Yeah. And when you, I haven't done mine yet, but when you put the code in and you start watching it, it's the really old SD versions from like the VHS era. Oh. So you haven't even got the high, that's the whole point of you buying this set for the high def remaster. And it's like, it's not even standard definition. It's the old master tapes that they've just put online somewhere. So, Yes. It's cra- It's a crazy world, mate. It is. I, I sometimes wonder if it's because things get sort of rushed out or, or what. I think that might have a lot to do with it. I don't know. Um, but either way, you know, it only takes uh, however long the episode is for someone, Dan, just to sit and watch it. It's not a big deal, is it? But anyway, yeah. So I haven't been out, up to much else, mate, really, to be honest, apart from settling down on Sunday night to watch this week's Doctor Who Okay. This cool. week's yeah. event television, uh, which uh, <laughs> obviously we'll get onto our review later. I think it's fair to say there's been one hell of a reaction to this week's episode, though, wasn't there? I mean, oh, we'll, we'll yeah. get into our review, but it really kicked off this week, didn't it? Um, I suppose, look at it this way, it's great that people are talking about Doctor Who again. Though. I mean, not just fans, but it does seem to be back in the public eye in quite a big way, which is which is great, which is what we hope Chibbers would do. Yes. So that's good. For sure. Yes. Mm. It's nice to see it on the front of magazine covers and stuff like that again. Oh, it's great, yeah. The BBC yeah. have put their hands in their pocket and pushed it yeah. big time, which is good. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, I've had a quiet one, mate. Um, yeah. Just very quick, you might have seen on Twitter, I, I also watched a Pertwee story the other night. I stuck on um, Planet of the Spiders. The great in... Oh, no. <laughs> Can't do that. Can't get my voice on. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, one. you know, I'm, I'm, let's look for... Let's look, let's look for a decent Who spider story. Had to be that one, didn't it? Do you know what? Yeah. That, is a, that was when I was looking on my, along my shelf the other night and I was thinking, well, I fancy Pertwee. I decided which <laughs> Doctor. I, I, it was between those two, actually. Okay. So I was looking, it's Terror of the Autons. I was thinking, Planet Spiders, because they're two stories that I haven't watched for a long time. And I nearly went with Planet. But yeah, I think it was the sort of draw of the master. I think he I looked into those <laughs> eyes on the cover and it sort of was drew towards that that particular one. But yeah, done. that's a story yeah. I haven't watched in a long time. And um, I, I do, I, I will get around to watching that 
sometime soon, actually. Oh. We, again, we haven't reviewed it, so it's one that will... Well, you reviewed it. I, I did it, it solo. Might have been the, yeah, you've done it solo. I think it might have even been the very first review you did, or, or maybe it's the third or something Episode like that. three, I think. Three, yeah, yeah, very early on, very early days. So we'll we'll get around to reviewing that one, but... Sure. Um, yeah, I must admit, I yeah, I've got an inkling to watch it. Yeah, that no, was good. Yeah, obviously love Pertwee, brilliant doctor. He is a great doctor. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only other thing I've done is I was a guest on um, another podcast. It was a, a new one. It's just started. There are other podcasts. There are what? other ones. Yes. Um, a guy called Kurt North who was um, he's been involved with um, uh, podcasts in um, I don't know for the last year or so I think or maybe longer. Um, yeah. He's quite active on one of the X Files um, podcasts. I think it's called the X Cast, I believe, and something else. And he started his own podcast, not about any particular show or movie or anything, but he's he's done a podcast about podcasting. Um, cool, cool. So if you do a search for um, the Pick Up a Podcast podcast, <laughs> hmm. uh, he's essentially interviewing um, uh, other podcasts. It doesn't matter on the genre or whatever. Um, but he got me on there and we just chatted about podcasting in general and Doctor Who. So if you want to give that a listen, um, quite different to our podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, go into um, why I started this podcast and getting you on board and the equipment that I use and the process for certain things. Um, and yeah, and we chatted about Who as well quite a bit, which is good. Um, so give that a listen. It, the Pick Up a Podcast podcast. I certainly shall see what you've been saying about me. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds good, mate. Yeah, I will give it a listen. And just very quickly, um, have you noticed this new uh, London Comic Con pop up? No. For next year. London Comic Con? Yeah, so you know they do the big one in July. It's normally July, isn't it? Yeah, London well, Film Comic Con. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've got London Comic Con Spring. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, I did see this. Yeah, yeah. you saw this. Um, which might be pretty cool for who? They've got John Sim announced. Yeah. He rarely does cons i was very surprised mm. when i heard they'd got him um i know he has done he did do one i think or two maybe i don't know he has done a couple done before a but it was a mm. long time i think it was like 2012 and um he's not renowned for being overly <laughs> enthused about meeting fans in the past so maybe he's mellowed a bit or maybe he just needs some cash but uh, yeah I, I thought it was great that they'd got him yeah, uh, really, really great. I hope he, because he's very early days, isn't it? He's still got plenty of time to cancel. So I hope he doesn't. But uh, yeah, that's really cool. I'm, I must admit, I would like to, I have met him, but it was a long time ago and I've got a dreadful photo with him looking really <laughs> unhappy. Uh, it'd be nice to get a professional one where he's um, hopefully forced to smile. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's really cool that they've got him. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so they're, they're saying that this is like a little teaser um, con, if you like, for the big one in July. Um, it's the 2nd to the 3rd of March over that weekend. Yeah. Uh, in the same place, the Olympia in London. Um, it's just a scaled down version by the sound of it, but they have got some decent guests. And if, if I said, to, uh, aside from John Sim, if mm. I said to you, what are the two doctors who would absolutely be there? Give me their, <laughs> give me their names, come on. Well, well, Colin will be there because he he's, yeah. he's in residence there. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever leaves. I think they just lock him away in a cupboard and bring him back out. And McCoy is there, isn't he? Yes, of McCoy course, and yeah. Baker. Yeah, McCoy and Baker, yeah. yeah. So I think McCoy's back from his epic world travels this month because I think he's doing a convention somewhere up north at the end of November or something. So, um, <laughs> right. But yeah, so he's going to be there, Colin Baker. Uh, I think that's it for who. They might, mm. I would... I would guess that they'd probably get maybe Sophie Aldred or Nicola Bryant. Those two normally 
Yeah. Frequent, that sort of scene. Yeah. I think they've added her to the J- July one, actually, Sophie. Yes. Because I've always wanted yeah. a group shot with um, McCoy and Sophie Aldred because, you know, I actually love that TARDIS team of those two together. And I, I would love a group shot. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know, you might be on the page now. I'm not, but pretty sure they've both been added to the July one. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that might might be able to tick that box. Mm. Um, I'm really hoping they get Tennant again this year, mate, because obviously I missed out on him last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's now the only living doctor that I need to meet. So I'm really hoping they manage to lure him back and i hope it's not announced on the blimmin' day like it was last time that caused absolute mayhem yeah uh, so yeah so let's hope they get him back again otherwise you're going to start sitting outside his house i think <laughs> yeah damn right yeah yeah um but yeah and the other cool thing about that con remember the really old um two-parter movie of um stephen king's it do you remember that was on tv back in the day what with what's name curry with tim curry yeah Tim Curry, yeah. Yeah. Um, the stars, well, the child stars who are in that are all going to be there at this point. Oh, right. So that might be That's cool. If you're, cool. Yeah, if you're a fan of that old cult TV classic, mm. um, then yeah, that might be cool. Anyway, uh, Comic-Con Spring, 2nd to the 3rd of March. Might be a good little one if you can't get to the main one or you're not fussed about the big, busy, I can't breathe, I'm crushed yeah, people it was queuing busy up the doctors. Yeah, it was year, wasn't it? Gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. anyways. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, with that, shall we land this puppy? Do some news? Yeah. First up, we have some viewing figures for Arachnids in the UK and... Um, the Saranga conundrum. So the Arachnids one is the official confirmed overall ratings thing now. So yeah. you know, now they do the people that have watched online and tablets and all that stuff. Uh, so Arachnids um, got 8.2 million. Wow, that is very good. That is really good. Overall. Mm. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I thought they were, I must admit, I, I thought at this point the confirmed or consolidated viewing figures, whatever you want to call it. Um, I honestly thought that it would have dipped a bit lower than that just because that's just seems to have been the pattern for every Doctor Who series, really. It does, yeah. yeah. So it's great to see um, that sort of up there in the 8 million figures because I think at this point, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but I think during the Capaldi era especially, when you got onto sort of episode four and five and six, we were down to like four million ish. Yeah. Whatever. So it's great to see that it's still up there. Um, so that's the, uh, so the overnight figures, uh, I can't remember what they were, but anyway, just a quick breakdown. So um, nearly 8 million people watched just a normal Sunday night in front of the TV. We had another 130,000 watched on their PC, 62,000 on a tablet. And 50,000 people watched it on a smartphone. Wow, really? Which is not too bad. Yeah. Obviously, it came in behind Strictly Come Dancing, which is the Beebs mm. sort of... Um, flagship. Flagship thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it beat Corey as well. So Corey got 7.8 mil overall. Mm-hmm. So not too bad for Arachnids. And uh, the Saranga conundrum, uh, no confirmed consolidated... Uh, figures for that, but the overnight figures were 6.12 mil. 
Right. Again, very good. By the time that gets all that other stuff added on, that's going to be around seven or eight mil, isn't it? It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So Doctor Who's still bringing in the numbers, which is great to see. They're very healthy figures, mm. actually, mate. I'm quite, uh, well, I'm pleased because it, it means Doctor Who's doing well. Um, I am slightly surprised as well because, like you said, it just in general, normally as the series goes on, and this applies to every series, they do normally have a steady decline and they normally pick up towards the finale. These have been pretty consistent, really. I mean, obviously, the opening episode got a huge, hmm. something like 11 million, wasn't it? It got, a, you know, a fantastic end figure. Um, but it's great that these, uh, you know, the rest of the series so far has been around the sort of seven, eight million. That is, um, that is really good stuff. I should imagine the BBC are thrilled, actually, because yep. um, there was quite a lot made, wasn't there, of the viewing figures dropping incredibly low uh, during series nine and ten in mm-hmm. particular. Yep. Um, it was looking a little bit worrying. <laughs> um, so they must be thrilled with this, uh, and so am I. Yeah, it's really good to see. Yeah, and they they smashed the X Factor, that abysmal bloody oh good dead horse. They're still flogging over there. That got four yeah. four million. So um, is that all? Yeah. Well, it's, that it's, is yeah. Yeah, I, I shouldn't sound surprised. I'm just thinking, God, there is a time that the X Factor was just you know it was eight million, be nine million, unbeatable. Yeah. Oh yeah, easily. But yeah. it's it's dead on its bum, basically. They just need to mm. cancel it. But yeah, Doctor Who bringing in the numbers. It's good. I, I must just say, actually, I, did, <laughs> I don't watch it, but somebody did say that they had a sound issue this week on X Factor, which made everybody sound like Daleks. I don't know if you heard awesome. about that. No, I didn't. No. It, it was the only thing that nearly made me want to watch it. But no, apparently the whole, I don't know if it's the whole show, but it must have been for quite a big portion of the show. There was a massive sound issue. I, I assume it sounded okay in the studio, <laughs> but apparently everybody watching at home uh, just everybody sound like Dalek. So, yeah, I almost wish I'd seen that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. On to other news. Kablam. 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 Delivery for the doctor, uh, is the title of episode six, I believe. Yeah. Uh, seven. Sorry. Episode seven. No, seven's called Kablam. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I Yeah. Kablam. Yeah. Delivery for the doctor is the name of episode seven. Yeah. Uh, was revealed, <laughs> uh, just the other night. Interesting title. Kablam. 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 Bit comic booky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the synopsis for this it says uh, a mysterious message arrives in a package addressed to the doctor, leading her, Graham, Yaz, and Ryan to investigate the warehouse moon orbiting Kadoka. Kandoka. 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 Yeah. And the home of the galaxy's largest retailer, mm. Kabam. Is yeah. it the so one that stars Lee Mack, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes it is. So can we expect a little bit of comic relief in that one, do you think? Mapes. Mapes. Yeah. yeah. I like okay. the title though. It's very sixties Batman. Yeah, very it is, cool. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And then episode eight, um, I think we knew this, but I think it's not been confirmed to now, is is gonna be called The Witch Finders. Yeah. Uh in which uh, the doctor and her friends, her TARDIS friends, arrive in the seventeenth century Lancashire and become embroiled in a witch trial run by uh, a local landowner. It says, as fears stalked the land, the arrival of King James I only serves to intensify the witch hunt. But is there something even more dangerous at work? Can the Doctor and friends keep the people of Bilehurst Crag, (laughs) great name, (laughs) safe from all the forces that are massing in the land? Okay. Okay. So 
Okay, so um, two episodes. I don't believe either of those are written by Chibnall. I think he's handed over the pen. So, um, yeah, so Kablam's written by Pete McTie. And The Witchfinders is written by Joy Wilkinson. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so somebody else is finally getting a stab at writing The Doctor, which I'm personally looking forward to. I think The Chibbers has, has done enough for now. I think he can <laughs> hopefully just sit back and let someone else have a go. So... <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Interesting synopsis for both of those as well. Which one are you more excited about? I'm really excited for the Witchfinders. Yeah, it does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, so they this sort of 17th century when they're dropped into, um, they get embroiled in one of these witch hunts, you know, the trials. If It sounds like a mm. sort of old Salem witch trials kind of story, which I love that, all of that stuff. It's really cool. So yeah. I'm hoping for a bit of a creepy one with the Witchfinders. I'm hoping that they've, that's going to be a bit scary and creepy. But yeah, the other one, I don't know, it sounds very interesting. I'm just not sure on what it's about at the minute. The largest retailer thing just slightly worries me. It sounds like it could be a little bit sort of lightweight comical, but we shall see. We'll um, see. You yeah. did mention that Lee Mack is in is in Kablam as a guest star. Uh, Witchfinders has Alan Cumming uh, as a guest star in oh, it, which yeah. is really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I must admit, well, I'm looking forward to both, obviously. But yeah, Witchfinders... Um, slightly more appeals to me from the synopsis, but we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other news. Um, The BFI are holding an uh, event in um, December. No, it isn't. Yeah, it's December. Yeah. Uh, In December, uh, where they'll be showing um, a sort of mini uh, animated feature from the Wheel in Space. Hmm. Which is quite interesting. So this is part of their... Uh, an, an annual event um, called Missing Believed Wiped. Which yeah, I've heard of this before, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's 25, this has been going for 25 years, buddy. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's on the 15th of December. And the, uh, essentially, well, what it sounds like to me is it's like uh, various TV shows back in the day where just like we all know with, with Doctor Who, where they've certain episodes or certain parts have, are believed to have been just lost. Mm. Either they've been re-recorded over at some point or the tapes have been lost, whatever. Um, but the um, Wheel in Space, uh, which I think has only got one, is it one episode that's there or two or something? Of I that? thought it was just one, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, and anyways... Uh, it's been commissioned by the BFI. It's important to realise this, that this has been commissioned by the BFI, for the animation company, to put this 10-minute, yeah. because a lot of people I saw on another website, um, no surprise, I can't remember what it is, where people, everyone, everybody was kicking off because they wanted all the episodes redone, you know, and they wanted it all as a proper release. But this hasn't been done by the BBC. It's not, because I think they're working on the Macra story. That's, yeah, apparently, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the one that the, the BBC are working on as a full release that will be out next. Um, whereas this has just been a different company to do this for the BFI. Anyway, so 10 minutes short, showing um, uh, the Doctor and Jamie doing their thing. And um, it's produced by Charles Norton. He's the guy that oversaw um, Sharda and Power oh, of the yes. Daleks. Yeah, it should yeah. be quite cool. Uh, it was directed by Anne-Marie Walsh. Um, yes. Sounds pretty good. I'm not sure what you. What about you, mate? You're going to go along to this for ten minutes of who? 
Uh, I, I, no, I won't be going along to it. No, I think it's very cool. Um, it's going to be, as you said, it's nice. It's going to be included on a future DVD or whatever. Um, yeah, it does. It's, it's an odd one, though, isn't it? That they've commissioned just sort of like 10 minutes of it. Uh, Shame they couldn't push the boat out to animate, <laughs> you know, even if it was just part one. Because, yeah, I've just looked it up. So only episodes three and six exist of the wheel in space. So there is two. You know, maybe if they'd have just funded it enough for episode one, it would have just been good. Because I don't know, you'll, from what I remember, most of that sort of first part of this episode is just all in the TARDIS. There's no side or anything. Yep. So yeah, but but I mean, it's great. It's a lovely thing, and and I look forward to seeing it in some capacity whenever it's out. Yeah, I don't think I'll go along to the BFI, especially for that though. Don't you want to be there for the the second session though, where they've got an interview with Philip Morris? No. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I no. don't think so. Uh, anyways, and, I'll, and I'll leave that there. Leave that there. So the Wheel in Space, if you want to go and check that out, um, it's you, you, BFI members can get their tickets on, uh, well, yesterday. We're recording this on the 7th of November. They went on sale yesterday. And the general public can get tickets on the 13th of November if you want to go along. Cool. Excellent. Right. And last in the news, it's a bit of a merch news, actually, but it's very cool. Um, I mean, this does this. This should be no surprise. This has been a long time coming, I think. Yeah. But uh, the Paternoster gang. <laughs> Why can't anything be easy to pronounce? I need to put my teeth in. The Paternoster gang are returning on Big Finish. Yeah. So, yay. So the original cast, you've got Neve McIntosh, Catherine Stewart and Dan Starkey are all returning for three brand new audios as part of a box set called Heritage. Heritage really number cool. one. Heritage number one. Yeah, yes. it's a nice cover, actually. I mean, Big Finish really knocking out of the park with their covers these mm-hmm. days. They've you know, obviously got a bit of money going into their artists. But yeah, so very good. Um, it comes out in, when is it? March or something. Uh, March. Uh, April 2019. 2019. October 2019. March 2020 and October 2020. Blimey. And as usual, the price, if you pre-order, is £25 for CD or 20 for the download. They do go up after the yep. uh, releases come out, so it's worth pre-ordering them uh, if you want to get them for a bit cheaper. Um, yeah, as I said, mate, I think this has been – I'm surprised they didn't do this ages ago. Yeah, uh, but maybe yeah. the actors have been busy. Maybe they had to get the rights to them. I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of reasons, but it's pretty cool that they're, they're, you know, they're doing this, don't you think? I think it's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be pleased that Big Finish are doing this. Yeah, regardless of what you feel about – the the um the Paternoster gang and and those guys it they did provide a very cool sort of fun element to who at one stage and, uh, and uh, I would say they're very I would imagine they'll be very well suited to Big Finish the yeah. style of Big Finish as well wouldn't you they're almost tailor made yeah absolutely Big Finish I have to yeah which is why it's a surprise they haven't done them up to now really but yeah no I think a lot of people will be well chuffed about this to be fair. Well chuffed. If you go over to well bigfinish.com yeah. <laughs> uh, in, their little, in their little news panel, there's a tab there that says Paternoster. If you just click on that, you'll be able to get more info and pre-order and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do for news. Over to you as always, buddy. What are we reviewing this week? Yeah, so I still can't pronounce it. I'm not sure I want to. It's uh, episode five of series 11, the Tsangra Conundrum. 
Where are we? We're in hospital. Nothing to worry about. So what's that? I've encountered it before. They kill. It's going to kill us all, isn't it? I'm trying to imagine the answer to the question. But I can't quite see the solution. <laughs> mm, what's it all about, Gary? What's it all about? So, uh, Tell me all about it. Went out on Sunday the 4th. Um, it was written by Chris Gibnall, directed by Jennifer Perrot or Perot, and it stars our normal TARDIS team with a fair little chunk of supporting cast, uh, about half a dozen um, supporting cast people, along with our little cute little friend, the Pating. Pating. The Pating. I just uh, think of a microwave <laughs> going off every time. Pating. <laughs> the Pating. Mm. Yes. Uh, Plot wise, the Doctor and the TARDIS team are having a little look around on this junkyard planet and they come across a sonic mine. It detonates. They wake up. Um, I think it's days, not later, isn't it? Not weeks. I think they wake, wake four up. Four days or something, yeah. Four days later on this hospital-type ship, uh, the Saranga. And it's like a medical ship that's on its way back to somewhere. And the... Doctor and one of the crew, Astos, um, realised that something has uh, sort of fired its way into the ship, into the hull, and it turns out it's like it's a little alien uh, thing uh, that's eating its way through the ship. It doesn't really attack people per se. It just gets into the ship and just eats everything and destroys all the systems and so on. Uh, the additional threat is the the planet or the thing that they're um, they're going to has initiated some sort of missile launch because they think that there's a threat on board the ship. So there's that going on as well. There's a pregnant guy. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the pregnant guy. There's a pregnant guy uh, who is at the latter stages of his pregnancy, is about to pop. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. What do you think yeah. to this one? Well, we already know. Me and you broke the cardinal rule, didn't we, this week? We never discuss <laughs> uh, episodes before we record. Um, we try not to give our thoughts away on social media, but both of us, within minutes of this ending, we just, well, we just let it go, didn't we? I think we have to get it <laughs> off our chest pretty sure. Yeah, I wasn't impressed um, with this episode. In fact, uh, when I finished watching it on Sunday night, I was really just like, what the hell was that? I was really, really <laughs> um, not impressed yeah. at all with it. it. It just, I must admit, I, um, I didn't watch a lot of it. I was so unengaged by it that I realized when I, I cause I always watch an episode twice before a review. Uh, and I realized that I really needed to watch this again because I, I hadn't got a clue really by the end of it, what was good, what happened because I'd zoned out so much. I, I will admit I was on my phone for a lot of it. Um, it just, it seemed to be on a first watch, just talking, talking, talking. I was just thinking, gosh, what is going on? Um, and then the little Pating appeared. <laughs> it's the biggest threat in the galaxy. And it was this cute little, um, I don't know what you'd call it, cute little crazy frog. And um, yeah, I was just like, I just don't know what this episode's trying to do and i was just yeah i just was just like it just seemed to get worse and worse for me to the point that by the time it finished um i hadn't watched it properly i didn't care about it um 
I was quite sort of annoyed because it was, you know, episode five in quite a short run of 10 stories. I was thinking total waste of an episode. Uh, so I did, I was really dreading rewatching this. I'll be honest with you. Yesterday I, I sat down, I was like, right, I need to give this another go. Um, you know, there's it, the reaction to it on Twitter was so mixed. I think initially there was a lot of, for want of a better word, negativity. Uh, part of that, you know, I was a part of that. I really didn't enjoy it and I wasn't going to pretend I did. I was quite vocal about that. Mm-hmm. So was a lot of other people. As usual, no one could have a civilized conversation on Twitter. It turned into a slanging match of you're being <laughs> negative. It was the best series in the episode in the series. It all sort of kicked off and no one could accept each other's opinions. I mean, I never get why at the end of the day, we're all passionate about a story, but for me, this is quite simple. Some people enjoyed it. Some people didn't respect each other's opinions. It's as simple as that. It doesn't need to be, <laughs> it doesn't need to be this big conspiracy that you're trying to drag the show down or tear it apart because you didn't enjoy an episode. It's just as simple as that. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't really enjoy this one, mate. I forced myself to watch it again yesterday. And this time I did properly watch it because as I said, the first time, I really didn't pay attention to it at all. I couldn't, you know, at one point I looked up on the screen and um, Eve, I think the character's name was the woman who was flying the spaceship or whatever she was doing. She was dead on the floor. And I was like, oh, what's happened? Because I just wasn't paying attention. Right. right. Um, it didn't hold my interest at all. Um, much to my sadness, my partner who has slowly been getting back into Doctor Who, uh, this is the first episode where he he was gone within 10 minutes. He's even like Arachnids last week. It managed to hold his attention to the end. Now nah, he was, he was done with this within, he just said, you know, it's like, nothing's happening. They just, they explained everything in so much detail that it just bored the pants off him. And I was the same. Right. So, um, just wrapping up my initial thoughts, really, I did watch this again yesterday. I made sure I didn't look at my phone. I paid attention to the story because <laughs> there is a story in there. Somewhere. But it's a yeah. really stretched out story. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to fill this 50 minutes. And I think on a first watch, you've got the shock of the design of the Pating, which is supposed to be scary, but it's cute and cuddly. And nothing was working for me on a first watch. Second watch, uh, I saw, I found more in it. I'm not going to say I, in any way, I didn't enjoy it particularly, but I did find a lot more in it while I actually paid attention to what was going on, (laughs) if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, initially, if I was to score this, this is why I'm glad we record these reviews a couple of days later, mate, because if we'd have recorded this the next day or even a couple of days after, this would have, honestly, I'd have just been ranting and boring the pants off our listeners. And hopefully I'm not doing that already, but I would have just slated this to the ground (laughs) on a first watch. I have found that there's more to it on a second watch. Uh, I'm still don't particularly love it, but um, there are things that I think, yeah, okay, that's that's good. And there are, I didn't have any positives at all on the first watch. I have got some on a rewatch. So, but it's a bit of a mid-series dip uh, for me personally, this episode. Right. So over to you, man. I think I've gone on a bit too much there, but over <laughs> to you. No, it's, um, ah, oh, dear, dear, dear. I know you hate it. I mean, because we never messaged. Gary messaged me straight away after it. It was like, I can't even repeat what you said. And I just <laughs> laughed. I was like, oh, okay, we're on the same page. But we never do that. So there must have been something about this episode to provoke such a reaction from both of us. Yeah, I think 
I think in in a nutshell, mate, I yeah. just feel like Chris Chibbers should really lay off the writing. Yeah, I, I would really, agree with that. Really, yeah. really do. He's a great... Sh- Remember we said back at episode one, when we reviewed that one, we said, it's brilliant. Mm. And Jody's fantastic and all the rest of it, but let's hope that we don't go down the same road that we did with the moth. Yeah. With Matt Smith. And I feel like we are. Because when the moth wrote for the RTD era, his episodes were generally very good and well received. Mm. When he wrote for, when he was showrunner, they just didn't hit the mark or they didn't hit the mark often enough. And it feels like we're, we're repeating history again with Chris. It feels like he's a great showrunner and he's done a fantastic job of getting Doctor Who re-energised and redone and mm. getting Jodie. You know, everything's been great in that respect, but his own writing for these episodes just haven't been anywhere near the quality that you'd expect from a, from a writer like Chris Chibnall. No, I'd agree with that. And one thing the moth I thought was a lot of the time quite good at was writing, even if the stories weren't very good, a lot of the time the dialogue was quite sharp and witty. And I'm, I think that's one of the things that Chris hasn't got in terms of the stories that we've seen so far from him. He's got these good ideas, but the sort of the actual script and the writing, like in particular, the way he's writing the doctor, you know, it's sort of clunky and it's not that sharpness that you got from the Moffat, despite all his faults. He was quite good with the sort of one-liners and and stuff like that. And with Chris, it's just yeah, it's a d- totally different ball game, really. Yeah, I kind of I, I agree with you to an extent. Where, like, whereas the Moff couldn't write, you know, a decent rounded character. Chris is great at that, but when it comes to the sort yeah. of like the dialogue, I don't think he's as strong. Yeah, I mean, whenever we talk about writing for characters and dialogue and stuff, I always feel like it's a bit of a love letter to to Russell, really. But mm. for me, he was like the, the the best at writing character conversations and dialogues and stuff. With the moth, I feel like he wrote the Doctor's dialogue really well. Yeah. But if you think about some of the dialogue between people like Clara and Danny Pink and... Oh, that's true. A lot of the supporting cast, it was dreadful. And yeah, I feel like, you know... You've got a good point there, mate, actually. I'll, I'll detract that because that is a very... I'd forgotten about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe I'm looking back on it with tinted glasses a bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was the same with some of the supporting cast in a lot of the Moffs episode. The dialogue mm. was just dreadful. But the, mm. the stuff he wrote for Matt Smith was brilliant. Yeah. You know, that stuff was great. And I, I honestly feel like we're down that road again where... I mean, even some of the stuff he's writing for Jodie, I just can't really... She's just... She, like you said earlier, they seem to want to explain everything up front and everything that they're doing at the time. Yeah, the amount of exposition and talking in this yeah. in this particular episode was just a little bit too much to swallow at times, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. And so I think I can see why a lot of people did like this. I can absolutely see why. But for me, it was just, I just, I, there was just nothing in there to hold my, to, to, to entertain me for that 50 minutes. It was, mm. again, like Arachnids in the UK, it was pretty boring and it was very predictable. That, they're the two main things that I took away from last week's episode and the same things happened again. Mm. I just, it bored me to tears. Sort of 30 minutes in, you know, I'm looking at Instagram, looking at Twitter, 
Yeah. You know, and I shouldn't be doing that with, you know, our favorite show. Well, Blake Seven. <laughs> Let's not include that. But, you know, in general, yeah, our favorite show, TV show that's on now, you know, we should be captivated the whole way through. And I, and I think sometimes there is a danger to expect too much from your favorite show. I think sometimes the fans put a lot of pressure on it and you can expect too much. But I would, but I really do want to be entertained for the majority of that time. Mm-hmm. I, the, the, you know, I shouldn't be in a situation where 20 minutes in, half an hour in, I'm not even watching it. I'm just on my phone and, you know. That, that was my biggest problem, uh, you know, on the Sunday night. It's because I've, I've really started to, you know, love... I, I like the fact it's on a Sunday night, and I think maybe that's helped with the viewing figures from what we were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really look forward to Sunday nights in with Doctor Who, and I think when an episode doesn't deliver for me personally, um, it is disappointing because I've looked forward to it all day, thinking, you know, and, and, and like you, the biggest crime for this episode for me was that I was really bored. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Arachnids last week, yeah, it was a bit slow pace, but there was enough in there to keep me watching it. You know, there, it wasn't a great episode, but there was enough in there. With this, I genuinely was almost crawling the walls. I mean, like you, I was on my phone a lot, and I, I'm almost annoyed at myself for admitting that, but it's true. I was so bored. Mm-hmm. I actually went, I think the, it started because I was curious to see if it was just me at first. I was thinking, right, we're 20 minutes in, and this is just dragging, you know. So I, was, I went on my phone to see if anyone was in the chat, because... I don't. I think I can safely say for this is the first time. Normally, the chats that I'm in go dead during Doctor Who, and then we all <laughs> jump back in afterwards and say what we thought. Mm-hmm. No one really talks during it. You know, we don't sort of comment. Oh, did you see that? But we all watch it and then chat. So I thought I was curious to see if anyone was as bored as me. So that's how it started. I pick up the phone, I look in the chats, and sure enough, people are in there going, "Anyone else finding this slow?" And I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, and that's how it starts. So then I'm on my phone. I thought, right, no, put your phone down, watch it. You know, don't don't be on your phone. And then two minutes later, I'm back on my phone. I was just, yeah, it just did not hold my attention. And I was sort of surprised, really, when I saw, you know, some people were quite defensive about this episode afterwards. So, you know, it was as if like some people were actually going to the extent of saying, no, it's the best episode in the series. I was like, no, now come on. You know, do you really think that or are you just saying it? You know, like everyone is allowed to say if they didn't enjoy an episode, you don't have to jump down people's throat, you know. Um, And so it it all got a bit nasty, really, after this. And I don't know why this episode provoked such a big reaction, such a diverse reaction, really. A lot of people sort of falling out with each other and getting quite angry because at the end of the day, it wasn't the the worst i mean i don't think it's as bad as sleep no more or or what's the other one forest of the night i don't think it's quite down Mm. there because it's and i I might have said that on a first watch i think when it did finish i was like god that is one of the worst blah blah on a second watch it's not that bad you know there are it visually looks great Mm. you know what i mean the production values are great i think the ship looked good it was very clinical and white it's just for me that the story really wasn't enough for that 50 minutes and also the biggest crime i think was the poor old companions look so sorry friends <laughs> keep saying companion not allowed this is the other thing that's driving me <laughs> mad about doctor who is that keep saying things and then thinking oh i'm not allowed to say that oh that's wrong to say that and that's the other thing that's driving me mad about this series is that you keep you know it's the littlest thing people will jump on you for saying it oh you can't say companions 
their friend. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why has it got to that stage where I can't even blimmin' put a sentence together without worrying about every little word that I say about a show that I love? And that's the other thing that's, <laughs> I'm going off on one. But no, anyway, no, it's fine. Go you know what I mean? You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I yeah, think but that's the other thing. The companions looked so bored because they had nothing to do really, did they? Yes. This, this episode. Yeah. No. And I think that's, um, that's a, 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 a lot. That's mm-hmm. a much larger thing that's going on with Doctor Who. Mm. right now is that uh, our listeners will always appreciate that when we'll always be straight won't be an honest yeah and i think it's that's almost becoming a bit of a struggle these days with doctor who i don't want to get too much into this but mm-hmm. it's very difficult you, you you can't please everyone but which is fine because there are lots and lots of i know there are lots of uh, a big portion of fandom that's like this, but there's there's a really big portion of fandom that's really nice mm. and lovely. And when you say you didn't like it, they're like, "Oh, okay, oh cool, I liked it, but you didn't yeah. like it. That's fine." But there seems to be a, a unfortunately a very vocal big part of fandom where they'll just destroy you for saying that you didn't like something. They'll say, "Why? Well, I, I can't believe you didn't like it. What's wrong with you?" Yeah, how, how stop being dare, negative. Yeah, how dare you say anything negative about Jodie Whittaker? She's the best mm. thing that's happened in years. How I can't believe you. You know, it's just whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. You liked it. I didn't. Let's leave it there. And I think it goes back to that age-old thing. And I think we had a rant about this ages ago, months and months ago. I think when Jodie was released and it all fandom kicked off at each other. You know, it's everyone's got their opinion. Just don't be a dick. that's the moral of the story everyone likes the show and everyone loves it and everyone's got different expectations and everyone's got different views on things and stuff and you know you say companion I say friend you say team I say crew you you know you say she we say they tomato tomato it's just Mm. whatever you know, it's, it's just, just, it's just, particularly with this series, it's as if everything is dissected. Everything you say is broken down to find something to be offended by. And it's just starting to really just burn the bacon, for want of a, a better <laughs> phrase. You know, love that phrase. Burn the bacon, but, yeah. Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean, mate. It's like, so I say, yeah, I, I didn't like that episode. Why didn't you like it? Well, I found it boring. Why was it boring? What was boring about it? Well, it was mostly talking. There was no action. What's wrong with talking? And and you just, it's like, well, I'm just explaining, you know, you can't say anything without having to dissect it a thousand ways. You know, it, at the end of the day, if you want to summarize my thoughts on it, I thought it was a boring episode. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's, yeah. It is what it is in our opinion. Yeah. And if people, and that's what I said earlier, I can see why a lot of people did like this one. Um, and one thing I will comment on though is, like you said, again, it looked lovely. The sets were beautiful, the way it was lit. Um, mm. And the production values, again, has been absolutely brilliant. But yeah. you can't keep going back to that with poor stories because we did that with um, Arachnids where we said that the effects of the spiders were great, the production value was brilliant, and we got to see that awesome time vortex and all of that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't, you, you can't hide behind that anymore, I don't think. I think it's a given now that the production values is just brilliant for this series. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. But you, it's a bit like the video game industry, I suppose. Very pretty graphics, 
and a beautiful looking game can't mask really poor gameplay. Mm. If the gameplay mechanics are not there, it's the same with this. The the beautiful visuals and all that stuff can't mask a poor story or, mm. or poor writing or whatever. And I think and that's I think- the the case with a lot of these things where people are like, yeah, but it looks fantastic. Mm. Well, yeah, it might look fantastic, but that's, that's not it's, enough. It, it's substance over content, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, you know, and, and this brings me a little bit around to Jody as well, because the only sort of good thing about not having the compact, compa- uh, the friends in <laughs> it as much is that it did give Jody finally a chance to sort of go off on her own and it gave her a chance to stand out and be the doctor and be more center stage. Yeah. Yep. But unfortunately I think whereas with the Matt Smith's doctor, we've said this many times that if he got a bad story, he generally could pull something out of it and made, you know, he was generally good in it. I don't think J- Jodie managed to do that with this story. And I'm not saying she wasn't good in it. Cause actually I do think she was good in it, but she still doesn't quite have that, you know, gravitas. Whereas, you know, like in a Paul Matt Smith story, he would still be shining through it and, and bringing something to it. I'm not sure she really did. She did a lot of running mm. around and a lot of talking, a lot of exposition, but I don't know. It did. It didn't sort of have that sparkle to it, even with her in it. You know what I mean? Because sometimes a boring story, there'll still be these lovely doctor moments. Um, yeah. And I know our friend Neil Brighton Moon is going to be shouting now saying, ah, but the bit where she looked at the, <laughs> the, whatever it was called, he loved that scene and he saw the doctor in Jody in that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wish that I did cause I, I didn't, um, but maybe it's there for other people, but I, I didn't feel yeah. that I didn't feel much from that scene or, or from her in particular. Yeah. I think Tennant and Smith, especially Matt Smith had this way of, like you said, if there was a, a, a poor script, because let's face it, the actors can only work with what they've, they're given, can't they? they yeah, exactly. They can't yeah. make this stuff up, so they can only work with what's presented to them. But David Tennant and Matt Smith, especially Smith, had this wonderful way of, even with the poor stories, they carried the episode and made it more enjoyable and almost saved it to a degree. Whereas, like you said, I think Jodie, she's... She's in, you know, she, you can tell that she's very confident and she's great and at, at that stuff, hmm. but I just don't feel like she's. She didn't pull it up, did she? She didn't pull the episode yeah. up in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a difficult thing to say really, because overall I feel like she's such a good doctor. She's got this really good mix of some of the other doctors and her own little style in there, hmm. you know, and she's very, she is great, but I just feel like overall she's been written in a way that she's still got this confused way about her at times and yeah. the techno babble is just overdone i think yeah yeah i would definitely agree with that the techno babble the some of the lines she's given are just they feel like secondhand doctor lines if that makes sense mm-hmm. they feel contrived i wonder if this is because sometimes when i look at the way that chris is writing jody's doctor it just makes me think that's how a fan writes the Doctor. Does that make sense? It's how we think the Doctor should be with all quirky lines and things like that. And um, So I think that's why sometimes for me the dialogue is falling flat. All this exposition and explaining she did about the whatever the thing was called, <laughs> that lovely glowing thing in the middle of the spaceship. Oh, um, the thing. You know, yeah, thing. she explained yeah. it for atoms and God knows what. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... 
I just think she deserves better, right? And that's why I'm very pleased that somebody else is going to be writing her next week, and I hope she gets some some good one, you know, some good dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I I would say, mate, that the next two episodes are going to be pretty good. Oh, that's my so. prediction. I would say that, and I, it. I don't want to bash Chibbers because he's done a great job, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Well, I was going to say if if you want to, yeah, because I don't want to be all negative because you know people will be moaning at us, but. Let's put it this way. He's put Doctor Who back in the public eye again, mm. which is what we wanted. So, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, as a showrunner, let's give the guy credit. And the, it looks better than ever, you know. Um, I think there are so many positives to Series 11. Um, it's just that, unfortunately, the sort of storylines, which is the sort of crux of the series, which should be good, are, for me, letting it down, really. Apart from Rosa, which he only co-wrote. So, yeah. you know. It's a telling tale. Mm. that the stuff that he's written, for us anyway, hasn't been the strongest since Series 11 kicked off. With the yeah. exception of the opening, the opening episode, although the villain was weak, which is another another uh, thread we need to discuss for Series 11, even though the villain wasn't very strong, the overall vibe of the story was pretty cool. Mm. And he has cast this brilliantly with the TARDIS team. You know, the companions, they've yep. all been cast really well. Yeah, Those guys are really really good um mm. but yeah our, our friend martin who runs the bad wealth um uh, podcast, podcast or youtube um he uh he came up with a cool theory for this episode he feels he what he said was um he just felt that there were too many characters in this sort of small contained story mm. he felt like the companions should have been left behind at the end of arachnids for them to sort that lot out and the doctor is solo on the ship. That would have given her a real chance to shine. And it would have been a nice break for, for us to see Jodie doing her thing without the companions. Mm. And, and also for maybe interject a bit more of a threatening monster or villain into the story. Yeah. Because what was that? What was the Pating described as? Like the most vicious thing. Yeah, the most scary, vicious, dangerous thing in the universe or something. And I assume that given enough time, it wouldn't have really done anything too scary other than just eat stuff. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll have to go. I just want to quickly just say I do love Martin's uh, idea there. hmm, I do really think that would have worked because it would have tied up that the end of Arachnids nicely, which felt very quickly wrapped up. Mm Mm-hmm. And it would have been great to have seen Jodie getting her own chance to to really take hold of an episode and be central to it. She kind of was in this, but the problem was she was so aware that the others were just mulling around the ship. I mean, poor old Bradley Walsh, he looks so bored. <laughs> he really looked, There yeah. is a scene of him when he stood in the doorway and he catches old um, Dirkus. I don't know what he was doing, looking at some records. And he's like, oh, you're checking the old files, are you? And he's got his hands in his pockets. And he's just, <laughs> he looks like, oh, what am I doing here? Yeah, you know, instead yeah. of being like, I'm on a spaceship. You know, he's like, oh, so bored. And I think, I think Martin makes a great point, actually. Even if the Doctor had gone off with just one of them, maybe the Doctor and, y- and uh, Yaz. That would yeah. have been cool. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do think that the, the, you know, the, the TARDIS team had very little to do in this and it became very obvious Mm -hmm. in the episode um but it was nice to see jody getting sort of pushed to the front a bit more and and taking control although it was strange that the doctor was seen most affected by the landmine like she was 
the others seem fine after their <laughs> medication or whatever happened to them. But yeah. Jodie's yeah. doctor still kept sort of ah going, ooh, grabbing a sort of side. Of yeah, she seemed to be still. She didn't seem to recover as quick, which is weird, isn't it? I wonder if there is there more to that, or is it just just the way it is? Do you think it's all a dream? The doctor's yeah. still falling from the TARDIS. Oh wow! And this is all a dream. There's a big reset button at the end of series eleven. Oh no! Imagine. <laughs> Actually, that does nicely bring us back around to what you were saying before I distracted you. Was um, about the villains because. You know, they've mm. all escaped so far. They've all been as weak as anything. Um, are we, you know, a lot of people are going to, a lot of people are sort of wondering if they're all going to come back at the end as one big super, you know, <laughs> force. I mean, what is going on with the villains, mate? Because this is the other thing that is letting Series 11 down for me is the weak, and a lot of other people, uh, the weak villains each week. <laughs> Each week, week villains. But yeah, they have been rubbish, haven't they? We were promised all these new monsters and villains and stuff, and they've all been as uh, wet lettuce. Yeah. They? They've all been so weak. I mean, Teeth Guy is probably the most scariest we've had. Yes. And he got yeah. away. Then you got old, um, who was the next one? Who was the villain in the uh, second episode? It's that guy who was sat in the tent, wasn't it? The guy, oh, the, the game maker he, person. He just disappeared. Yeah. Um, the microbes in the water racist, that we never saw. Uh, yeah. The racist guy in Rosa. In, yeah. You know, the Fonz in his leather jacket. He just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, then you got old um, matey from Sex in the City. <laughs> he just walked out the room. Trump alike. Yep. Trump alike. And then this week, we well, got um, Crazy Frog. Well, the, the, the I think the threat was meant to be the spiders themselves, weren't they, last week? Yeah, yeah. But you they get my up, point, though. These, yeah. These, yeah, yeah, every week it's like there's no great... We've had five episodes and no great sort of monster or villain. I mean, the Pating, <laughs> right? Let's, let's, let's tackle the Pating. Now, I'm just going to say that I think in, in, in a different story, I think I could have loved the Pating, <laughs> I think he was right. cute and he was funny and I love the way he was gobbling up everything, especially when he ate the Sonic, which I really wanted to be broke because I'm sick of that Sonic already. It's been way overused, but he, he spat it out. But I think in another story, I reckon I could have loved the Pating. But because he was built up as being this, <laughs> the scariest thing ever, and they all looked terrified of it, didn't they? And I was <laughs> thinking, really? I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, we don't know what they were looking at when they filmed this. Probably a ball, a tennis ball on a stick. But <laughs> when they watched the finished product, do you think the cast were like, "Oh, is that what we were?" Because they looked horrified by it, and it wasn't scary at all. It looked f- way too cute. Clearly, going for the adipose type <laughs> storyline, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I did, for me, it was a real contract contrasting conflicting idea i think it did for me it didn't work because it's it was described as the scariest monster ever but it was too cute uh, but as i said in another story i think it would have been i'd have loved it but it just didn't i don't know what the chibbers was going for mate is what i'm trying to say was he trying to make it fun and scary or what what was he going for with that cute alien that apparently is the scariest monster in the world i just didn't get the idea behind it at all yeah, it's um, it felt a little bit like a, a Marvel movie. The villain in this one, a Marvel, okay, a monster in this one because you know, with comic booky type stuff, oftentimes the hero or the villain 
or heroes and villains, they end up just being quite comical at certain points throughout mm. a film, you know. And that's what it felt like with this. It felt like a like a Marvel monster or a DC monster or something. Yeah. That was on paper pretty threatening. Well, if someone was to describe it to you, and there was a bit of a build up which was nice. You know, the doctor there and, was, yeah. and Astos, they were crapping themselves really because he was like no that's impossible nothing's coming in there and then there's a whole breach and it flashes up and everything goes red and there's a you know so the build-up was quite cool but then when you actually saw it you were like ah and it did feel like it was you know some monsters or villains you're unsure whether they're good or bad but they yeah you know in whatever just general sci-fi you know some monsters that they're a bit like ah it's you know he's a right little bugger but he's cute you know, they didn't really go down that line, did they? It wasn't a comical episode at all. But they sh- maybe no. they should have done. Maybe they should have gone down that more comical route because if you're going to produce something that looks like that, which is very cute and funny and... Yeah. It's very difficult then to attach serious danger and threat to it. All, all you've got is just the concept to go on, which is just, it just eats everything and destroys mm. the ship. That's all you've got. When you actually, even when you like, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the visual stuff, the CG was brilliant. Mm. Um, even when you saw it, like, you know, just picking up like metal parts and just, you know, chomping them back, it all looked really funny. It did. So that, that immediately provides a disconnect because you think, oh, it's, what, what are they running from here? What, what are they scared of? Just bonk it over the head and have done with it. Well, actually, because that was the weird thing, because there's a bit where Yaz. <laughs> And uh, one of the other guys <laughs> stuns it and wraps it in a blanket and she kicks it across the spaceship. I was thinking, why didn't they put it, like, what are, like, what are they going to do with it? <laughs> yeah, just get rid of it. Just, they just sort yeah. of kicked it across the room, <laughs> waiting for it to wake up again. I didn't get that bit at all. Yeah. But that's that's the thing, mate. What was your, because there was no threat from it, I suppose. And it and it was a sort of tonally, it was very jarring, wasn't it? Because you got quite a sort of serious episode up to that point. Yes. You know, yeah. and then suddenly you see it and it takes away all the sort of threat and, you know, I don't really, yeah. What was your reaction when you first saw it? Because mine, I think my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> so it's a bit like, what the hell? Yeah, I think uh, when I first saw it, I thought, um, to be honest with you, when I first saw it, I thought the episode was going to take a different turn then. Yeah. When I very first saw it, you know, when they see it in the corridor and it sort of growls at them or screams at them and they all jump back. Yeah. I thought at that point, oh, we're going to, it's going to go in a different direction now. It's going to be like a cute little fluffy thing that's going to end up sitting on the doctor's shoulder and that's not going to be the real threat. But when they carried it on, I was like, oh dear. Yeah. I, I just thought, well, this is a funny, cute little guy. Let's, yeah. let's see how much fun they can have with this then. And then it turns out that, when I watched it about another 10, 15 minutes, I was like, oh, you're being serious. This is the the monster, is it? Right, okay. Well, let's run with that then for a while. So it might mutate into some big demon, werewolfy, ripping flesh thing. It might be good. It might be like a little Mowgli gremlin thing. Oh, yeah. That could have been nice. But, oh, no, it's just now it's a football. Oh, and now it's not. Now it's cute again. I, I, I don't know. It was just no idea. But it must have been pretty good, though. They've they've named it after the guy that created it, Tim Price. Did you see that in the credits? It got, oh, no, I didn't get that. Okay. In a Terry Nation style sort of credit, Tim Price mm. has been the, the creator. 
okay. of oh, creating that guy. So they must have, you know, the, the Chris Chibnall and the other producers and the guys at the Beeb, they must really like it because they've given it a credit to the... Well, they're probably thinking of the merchandise. They're probably thinking, yeah, can't wait to get some plush toys out of this. That Do you was, know what I mean? That was my I first mean, tweet. My first yeah. public tweet was, how many people are going to be chasing down the Comic-Con exclusive of the Pating Funko Pop? I mean, that's, it's just absolutely designed for merchandise, <laughs> oh, isn't course, it? I mean, that's yeah. the other thing I, I was thinking. Plushies, um, all sorts. Yeah. And I, I must admit, the second time I watched this episode, I, I realised it's not really in it very much. No, it's not. For it, like this big threat. I mean, You can hear it I, more than you see it. Yeah. I, yeah. Suppose, maybe that's, I suppose that's a budget thing, isn't it? But part of me wonders, you know, once I've got over my initial shock of seeing it, and thinking, what the hell? Part of me wondered, well, maybe I'd have liked to have seen it in it a bit more. Maybe I'd have felt a bit more threat if I saw it in it a bit more. But it was, yeah, it's kind of did its funny little growl, and then we heard it a lot. Mm. And then it sort of plods into the spaceship and eats the landmine or whatever it is, the the bomb, sorry. <laughs> um, and it's gone, and I kind of thought, well, actually, considering how boring I'm finding this episode, if it had been in it a bit more and I got used to it, the fact that it is quite comical maybe it'd have made my enjoyment of the episode a bit a bit more because you know it's there it's a thing i've got to get used to it maybe you know you've put it out there use it sort of thing don't shy away from it don't show us and then shy away from it just put it in the episode but maybe it's a budget thing maybe, maybe. maybe they just couldn't because yeah. it was the cgi was pretty good i thought for you know for the little time that we did see on screen i thought it was very cool it reminds me of something else as well. Oh, there's been loads of comparisons, isn't there? There's that. Is I don't know, I don't know what the thing's called. Itchy? No. Oh, from um, the Disney film. Yeah, what's Lilo thing and called? Stitch? Oh, That's Stitch. it. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I don't, whichever one it was. Um, no, I mean the concept. The concept. Oh, it right. reminds me of something. Another sci-fi or fantasy film or something oh. where an alien's just eating everything in sight. Yeah. It reminds me of something else. Which makes me think that they're leaning on other sci-fi concepts quite a bit because yeah. they've done that in these episodes so far, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's sort of there. that I've seen something in a... in something. Maybe it is Gremlins. Maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, Do you agree with me about the Sonic? When he ate the Sonic, I kind of hoped we were getting a visitation moment then of... Ah, the Sonic's gone. Because it, it, for me, it's been way overused. Um, I know a lot of people hate the way that Jodie does it, sort of waves it around like a wand, don't she? She does this big build-up before she <laughs> activates it. I must admit, that doesn't bother me at all, but a lot of people hate the way she does that. It's a Harry Potter um, thing, isn't it? Yeah. If you watch Harry Potter, they all do their spells like that, yeah. Yeah, I could, yeah <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but I know it does a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I am getting a bit tired of the Sonic. It does, you know, like... In the Matt Smith era, we had this a lot, where the Sonic was just there all the time, and I feel Jodie's Doctor's doing that, and I'm, I'm surprised they haven't sort of learned from that. If yeah. You know what I mean? Like she gets out every two minutes, doesn't she? Checking this, checking that, and I know they want to sell them. I know they've, they've probably got a warehouse full of unsold Sonics in the character warehouse, but it is getting a bit great in, I think, having that Sonic. So I kind of hope that it was, even if it was just for an episode, I was kind of hoping that was it for the episode. It had been eaten and maybe spat out and she repairs it next week or something. But do you, do you agree with me? Do you think it's being overused a bit? Yeah, I do a little bit. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, do you know what it is? I think a lot of writers just really like the, the Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. I remember back when I think it was series two or three came out one of Tennant's series and on the special features, when you saw an interview with him, there is a bit where 
Tennant actually pushed back against RTD and said, look, can't be whipping the Sonic out every two minutes. It, yeah. it becomes too much of a crutch mechanism for the Doctor. That's so right. I think Tennant pushed back and said, look, this is, can't be having the Sonic used all the time. And I think Russell was like, okay, yeah, fine, we'll, we'll dial it back a bit. So mm-hmm. maybe it needs somebody, not necessarily Jody, but somebody just to say that Sonic's being whipped out and used quite dramatically yeah, a lot. You know, let's not have the Doctor rely on it because it does become a crutch mechanism. It's um, It does. And you mentioned this when we'd finished recording last week and I made a note of it because I thought it was a really good point, was that in the first episode, Jody built things and she actually built the Sonic, didn't she? And we yeah. said, oh, we like we like it when the Doctor builds things because it's very Pertwee-esque and, it, it, you know, it feels very Doctorish thing to do to scrabble together bits of junk and make something out of it. And we were hoping we were going to see a bit more of that from Jodie's mm. Doctor t- rather than rely on the Sonic all the time. And unfortunately, we haven't, have we, really? I don't think she's, she made that. No, I don't think she made I was going to say she made a squirty thing last week with the spiders, but I don't think she did. I think it was just a just a backpack with some yeah stuff in it. But but yeah, we haven't seen much of that from the Doctor since. Um, no, that was and- awesome. You know when she made not just making her Sonic in that opening series, opening episode, but you know the teleporter thing where she wired up all loads of junk. It looked like and there yeah. was the microwave that was going to be the thing that fired them off and all that stuff. Loved all that. I yeah. thought that was awesome. Like uh, it was very Pertwee esque, wasn't it? You think about what was the, the one of the Peladon episodes where he makes that thing that spins around with the coat yes, hangers and stuff. With the corks. The corks, yeah. All that stuff's really cool. Yeah, and I thought we were going to see... Thing. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, hopefully we will see a bit more hopefully. of that. Because when you mentioned it last week, I was thinking, yeah, that's that's something I'd like to see. More reversing the polarity. Yes, please. Yes. Chippers. Right, let's rattle through some cast members quickly. <laughs> what did you yeah. think to Yoss then? He was the guy that was pregnant. Oh dear! Oh no! I mean, for me, I think that I think that's the thing. It kind of it did. Oh, I didn't. He just annoyed me. Basically, he just annoyed the hell out of me. I think he was supposed to be there for comic relief, mate. Really, I think so. But if that was the intention, it didn't work for me. Um, I just found him really annoying. Did you think that maybe it was another little passive aggressive thing that? not everything in Doctor Who is male and female straight. You know, you know with the whole... Because mm. there was a concern before Series 11 started that they were going to use it as a way to sort of really ram the idea home that the Doctor doesn't have to be male. And there were going to be these kind of... Not in your face, but these kind of sexist little things that were going to happen, which we haven't seen, fortunately. There's only been a, a few little lines, really. Mm. But maybe this... Did you think this was potentially one of those... Because um, we've had the thing with Yaz and the Doctor, Are you two seeing each other. I don't know, are we? You know, yeah. Do you think this was maybe another one of those kind of sexual things that they're trying to sort of under underhandedly, not un- that's the wrong word, but sort of under the radar, say to viewers, you know, like that, you know, not everything has to be black and white, male and female. Mm. I know? hadn't thought about it like that actually. Yeah, mate, possibly. Yeah, it felt I, a little yeah, bit to did, me. Yeah, yeah, maybe subconsciously. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that watching it, but now you said it. Possibly. Um, I mean, I, the first time I watched it because I was on my blimmin' phone, I looked up and he's giving birth, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Where? What? Where's it coming out? What? Do, oh, what's happening? Like, where's the baby coming out?" <laughs> so yeah. 
on the second watch, they kind of explain it because they cut him open, don't they? And they take yeah. it out of the belly or whatever because Graham's like, oh, I've seen Call the Midwife. Oh, I've seen loads. And all that. that was a, a nice little moment, actually, uh, between uh, Graham and Ryan when they're sort of panicking about delivering the baby <laughs> and stuff. So so to me, mate, I don't know. There may have been there may have been other reasons for him being there. But for me personally, I, th- I think he it just struck me that Chibbers thought it would be something to lighten the sort of tension right, in the right. in the episode I, I just for me it didn't it didn't so he didn't pull it off because i just found the actor a bit annoying yeah. rather than funny but i think the intention was to be funny okay i uh, don't know what about the completely pointless synth robot ronan <laughs> yeah that's all i can say about that cool what <laughs> i mean a- they could have they could have been more to it i mean <laughs> what was the point of that yeah i don't know um, Pointless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, what about the Cicero brothers then? Brother and sister. Brother and sister. Sorry. Yeah. So we had Dirkus, mm-hmm. um, played by Ben Bailey Smith, who's uh, actually been quite funny. He's done a lot of work with Ricky Gervais over the years, and All right. you know he's a pretty funny guy. Um, and um, Suzanne Packer, who played Eve. Uh, there was, I think, there was a storyline in there somewhere. You could tell that there was some tension between the two, and. <laughs> Yeah, and stuff because he didn't like the robot, did he? For some reason, he'd been tough on the robot over the years. Yeah, because they were a thing, weren't they? So Eve and Ronan, they were an item, weren't they? Oh, I'm getting that right. Oh, I, that that must have gone completely over. Or my am head. I wrong? Were am they? I wrong with that? I thought they were a, uh, a couple. Now you could be right. This may be one of the bits where I've sort of zoned out a little bit. Uh, I didn't pick that up, but yeah, maybe they were. Because I, I didn't know until the second watch that Eve and Dirkus were brother and sister. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's yeah. what they are. I thought they were husband and wife. No, they're brother and sister. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite possible that that went over my head, mate. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that could be why Dirkus was so miffed with Ronan all the time. I don't think he was happy right, with his sister right. doing the do with, with the, the robot. With the robot. I, I could be wrong. I, I just okay. think that's. I think that's what it what it is that's what you read into it okay performances I think Suzanne Packer was better as Eve I think we had a slightly better performance from her I think Ben um, who played Dirkus was just he was moody all the time yeah he's a bit one dimensional wasn't he exactly yeah yeah. there was no avenue to explore any side of him further than he was just grumpy because I think his sister was dying I think she had to have injections for something she had hidden it from him, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, something like that. So that there was all a, a cool little storyline in there somewhere. Mm. And maybe if we didn't have all the companions on the ship, like our mate Martin said, and we didn't have the pregnant guy, maybe there would have been more time to flesh that stuff out and, and have yeah. a bit more. But uh, the performance is not too bad. Pretty good. I it think was out, just, yeah. Out of the supporting cast, I think they, those two were the better. Um, but particularly... Uh, Suzanne as Eve uh, yeah Dirkus was a bit like you just said he's a bit sort of one note character wasn't he oh, I'm grumpy I'm the grumpy brother and why didn't you tell me you were real and stuff it, it, it could have been a much better <clears throat> performance from him because I didn't really buy into him to be honest um, but yeah I, I did like uh, Suzanne Packer as mm-hmm. Eve um, she definitely was giving more than the other supporting cast especially when she was plugged in flying the ship and she had more to do she was just much more interesting yeah, um, yeah. but I have to say, uh, and I say interesting very lightly. Um, <laughs> I mean, interesting in compared to the others. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she wasn't, but she wasn't too bad at all, actually. And what about the two onboard, um, uh, doctors in sort of loosely 
I don't think they were there as proper trained doctors. I think their job was just to get people safely on board to the... I can't remember, what was the place they were going to? Was it another ship or was it a planet somewhere? No, it's that big spinny ship thing, Oh, that's it. it, yeah, the, yeah. the thing. Um, At the end. Yeah, so there was, uh, we had, um, what was her name? Um, Mabley, played by um, uh, Louise uh, Chimimba, and we had Astos, played by Brett Goldstein. Mm. Unfortunately, he got killed off quite early, really, because he had a good rapport with the Doctor. He did. I didn't think his acting was particularly good, though. I wasn't. I wasn't particularly gutted that he got jettisoned so early on. Uh, in fact, I I forgot about him so quickly as well, because um, it wasn't until the second watch I was like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> I completely forgot about him straight away. Um, but yeah, that, I think again there was probably a little story between those two that could have been written a bit more uh up uh because yeah i just found them both a bit forgettable to be honest yeah. it, there were some nice scenes between him and the doctor early, early on wasn't there where there he was were. like because yeah. actually that's the thing with well, the first time i watched this the first the bit i did like <laughs> the one bit i did like on a first viewing was when astos sort of put the doctor in her place a little bit because she was just i've got to get back to my ship and he's like you are on a you are on a hospital ship mm-hmm. stop thinking of yourself there were, and, and she was like, you're right. And I thought that was a good moment, actually, Yeah. between yeah. those two. So just for that, I suppose you've got to give Astos a bit of credit. But I don't think his acting was particularly good. Or, or um, Mabley, whatever her name was. They were just a bit, they were just a bit forgettable. They were okay. It was a shame. I'd like mm. to see more of Astos. Um, yeah. I can see why the uh, Jibbers did that, because you've got a likable character, has a good rapport with the Doctor, and then to provide some emotional... Mm. bit of a whack you sort of kill him off early yeah but it just seemed to go off uh a bit too early for my like him yeah because he did have a good a good couple of scenes with the doctor it was good and then maybe i thought yeah she was okay uh just not really stand out it'll be one of those times where in a year or so when we're thinking back to series 11 she won't be somebody that sort of pops up like oh do you remember maybe from yeah, exactly, you know. and I and I thought we, you know, we we breezed over Ronan the robot, Ronan the robot <laughs> earlier because there was one little scene between Ronan and Mabley where he was demanding more medication. And yeah, she didn't, yeah. Want, and I thought, is he evil? You know, I thought I thought there was going to be more to that, and it oh, went. Yeah, I did. It yeah. Didn't, didn't go anywhere, did it? I thought he was going to be sort of the the architect of the whole thing. I thought he was going to yeah. be the evil, the androids gone bad, almost storyline, but. It sort of I did because he, yeah. he sort of threatened her, didn't he? Saying, you know, you're it's very early in your career. I wouldn't want to have to report you. And I thought, oh, Ronan's a bit of a nasty so and so on the side. But it went, yeah, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokie. TARDIS team. TARDIS team. Yasmin and Ryan, I thought there were a couple of cool little moments with them. Once again, their performances were great. Like, mm. you know, those guys as actors are are really, really good. Lovely mm. moment with Ryan talking to Yoss near the end because he doesn't want Yoss because Yoss, that storyline. No, that was a good moment. Yeah. yeah. So the storyline was that Yoss was a bit of a, he saw, he saw himself as a non-father figure. There's no way mm. he could bring up a, a baby. And at the end, I think Ryan sort of nicely talks him round. So now you've seen, now you've seen him, are you going to give him up sort of thing? And he changes his mind. That was nice. And there was a nice little bit with Graham and, and Ryan. We still get in the whole fist bump not happening thing that seems to be going on and on yeah um and then yes she had a couple of cool moments i guess um 
it's weird. It's like they had a couple of nice little bits or a couple of cool little bits, but overall, nothing to shout about. But their performances were good still. They may have not been there. Yeah, and no, that's a perfect way to sum it up, actually. Their performances were nice, but they may as well have not have been in the story. There was a, a, a slightly clunky scene between Ryan and Yas where Ryan was talking about his mum. And I think it, it, it was a nice scene, but it just felt a bit out of nowhere. You know, like the other conversations that we've had, like between Ryan and Graham seem quite suited to the episode right, like when they just yeah. sat down and they have to chat and, I don't know, this conversation about his mum sort of came out of nowhere a little bit, I thought. Or was it, he's all about his mum and dad, wasn't he? Saying he found his mum and all this sort of stuff. I don't know. It was, I mean, I know it's there to sort of bring a bit more story to his character, which is all good, but just felt like it got a bit lost. That 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 should have been a nice moment. It just got a bit lost in the story for me, yeah, um, that particular yeah. bit. But performance-wise, yeah, I think they were all good with the very little they got to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, they only delivered a baby for goodness sake you know I mean so I say little they got to do but yeah you know what I mean I know what you mean yeah <laughs> yeah and then Bradley Walsh then as Graham I think you summed it up he just looks kind of bored really he did it's yeah. the first because I absolutely love Graham as you know he's he's been the standout of the series for me so far but yeah he looked really bored this episode I don't blame him but he didn't really get much to do. He got a couple of nice lines. The bit about the watching call the midwife was a nice moment mm-hmm. um and uh yeah, the bit with Ryan when he sort of talks to Yoss about not giving up his baby, that was good. But yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't much for Graham to do this week, really. Mm. Yeah, I agree with mm. you, mate. Yeah, yeah, I do. There just wasn't enough for them. I think all three of them, there just wasn't enough to hook on to a, a decent decent story for those guys. But it's a shame because the performances were great, as always, from them. Yeah. It's just yeah. not enough meat on the bones. There was actually, yeah, I was going to say, there was a bit, there was one comedy line from Graham, which I thought was good. I've forgotten what it was now. Something about, <laughs> he was sort of repeating everything the doctor said. So we're on a spaceship with him, and it's eating the spaceship or something like that. And I thought, yeah, that's a good Graham moment. But <laughs> yeah, apart from that, he didn't get a lot. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so interestingly enough then, what about Jodie? Because mm. I thought that um, she's having these really cool little scenes to me. I really like, like I said, I think she's a great doctor. I think she's, very, very good. And she has these really cool little scenes. Like there's a bit where she gets everybody in the room and she tells yeah. them, you know, that's a nice little moment because it's just focused on her and she's doing her thing. And when she finishes, she kind of has this funny face as she looks around and she's like, I was expecting more questions. I love, love that bit. Yeah. So little bits like that. And the bit where she's chasing down the pating and then he growls at her. And mm. there's that bit where she jumps back, you know, all these little things that make up her doctor i really like them i think they're really like a little facial expressions that she does and those little moments between talking uh and she did have a, a cool scene like we said with astos at the beginning they were cool um and some other bits so i think it's, it's a bit of a again though it's one of those 90 percent situations mm. where she's sort of 90 percent there yeah, I, no. I was going to say, I, I absolutely agree with you because um, I did like her in this, but much more on the second watch. I I, I was getting, a, I think I was just in a, such a bad mood on Sunday because she was grating on me to begin with. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, oh God, you know, I'm really starting to get annoyed with Jodie's Doctor and the silly things that she's being told to say in the writing <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, it just yeah. the, the way she's, these silly one-liners. But then, yeah, I did. I really, because it was a good um, chance for Jodie's doctor to go off on her own and shine a bit more. I must admit, when I was was out of my 
funk, <laughs> my bad mood funk, and I watched it again yesterday. I did really like Jodie in this, actually. Um, I think I was just being a bit hard on her on Sunday night, but I did like her. She, particularly that scene you mentioned, and I like the bit where she told Yaz to pick a number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yaz is like 51. What's it for? Oh, it's for the timer on the bomb. And I thought that was a, that was a really nice... She's like, well, I would have picked a high number. Why didn't you tell me? And, you know, moments like that I thought well, were really good. And... Um, yeah, so I, I actually did, had a bit of a turnaround. If, if a turnaround if on anything in this episode, it was on Jodie because I don't know why she just didn't click with me at all, really, Sunday night. But I did like her a lot more mm-hmm. watching this again yesterday. Um, she did feel quite in charge of the situation as well, uh, up to a point, which is, you know, what I want to see from the doctor. I want to see him getting stuck in and, and fixing things. And I think that's exactly what she did in this. But mm-hmm. yeah, I still think some of the dialogue was just a little bit too predictably fan written if you know what i mean it's how how i'd expect sort of a fan to write the doctor rather than someone writing it fresh i don't know if that makes sense i hope people know what i mean by that it's just it sort of almost feels a bit recycled some of the lines she says rather than being something different a little bit yeah yeah i hope i'm explaining myself well enough but i hope yeah but i did like her performance in this yeah she's i'm sort of i'm with you mate i'm sort of um Totally on board with Jodie as the Doctor, but she's about she's still about ninety percent there for me. Mm-hmm. There's still sort of ten percent coming, which is I suppose not a bad thing because you know I suppose we don't want to get it, we don't want it to peak too soon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to get because what I'm really hoping, and if this doesn't happen, oh boy, but I'm really <laughs> hoping that by the end of this series, we are going to see sort of her build up and up and up, and by the end of it, I want to be like. Man, I love Jodie's Doctor. Where is Series 12? That's what I want to be. I don't want to be getting to the end of the series and saying, well, yeah, she was good, but she never peaked. She -hmm. never got there. That's what I'm worried about. You know, I'm quite happy. I think she's found her level. To me, it's not quite up where I expected it to be, but fine. She's found her level as the Doctor. And I'm just hoping that there's still just a little bit more to come. Because if there isn't, I'm afraid she will have slightly disappointed me. I would have liked her, but I'm just hoping there's still a little bit more to come. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? She, she's found a level and she's stuck at it. She hasn't gone up a gear. She hasn't gone down. She's just been sort of consistently good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. want her to be, by the end of series 11, I want to be saying she was fantastic. Like, you know, when Chris regenerated at the end of series one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, I had so many places to watch it. And I was thinking, man, Chris is on fire in this scene. He is so good. I I don't want Chris to go. I want to see a bit of that by the end of series 11 at the very least. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, um, Mm. I was thinking a similar thing with Eccleston series where he had such a belter of a series. You think, oh, we just want to see another one. Just another series would have been amazing. We want to feel like that at the end of series 11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm with you. I, I think she was good in this. Very good. Love her as the Doctor. I just think we we're missing like a tiny little piece, just to mm. elevate her a bit more up to, you know. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna. Do you know what I'm gonna? Because I can hear people shouting at us, listening oh, to this. Course. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put it in a positive way. I'm gonna say I think she's got more to give. I'm not gonna say there's a piece missing. I think there is more to come from Jody. True. That's what I'm that's what I'm hoping. Let's look at it as glass half full. I'm trying to be not positive. Empty. I just yeah. don't want people to be like you're negative, you're negative. Yeah. I just think she's got more to give. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly think the next couple of episodes are going to be good for her. 
I honestly I hope that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to mention? Just lastly from me, um, I thought the music was good again. Um, yeah. From Segan. I think he's doing a cracking job. Uh, yeah, it I really liked it. Yeah, it wasn't much last week, but I think this week we had a really cool suspenseful um, uh, piece of music in quite a few scenes. Really liking his vibe uh, so far. Yeah, I'd agree, mate. I love the music. I thought it, because it was quite a slow episode in many respects, and I think his music ticked it over, uh, you know, nicely. I liked the music. It would have been incredibly dull without mm. it. Yeah. Anything else, mate? Uh, I'm just looking at my list. Um, I can't read half of my writing. I think I've probably covered it. <laughs> I've written something here, which I can't read. But I think it's just saying something about the anti-math. Yeah, I think we've covered it, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Whose turn is it to go first? I think it's me. Yes, you go first, because I'm a bit stuck on this one. Go okay. on, you go first. So for me, it is a 5.5. Really? Blimey. Well, I, I, I thought it was slightly better than, because I think I ranted and, and, and bashed this a bit less than I did Arachnids in the UK last week. Okay. I think I gave it a real hard time last week. So, What did you score Arachnids? Five. So you think this is better than Arachnids? I think this is 0.5 better. Yeah. Blimey. See, I thought you were going to go for a two. A two. Wow. <laughs> or a three. No, I must admit... um. If I'd have, if I was, if we were recording this after a first watch, I would, I would have gone a three. I was like, as soon as the episode finished, I was like, because I do in my head, I like score them. I'm like, that was a three. Um, I have to say, very glad I gave it a rewatch. It did go up a bit. So I'm a, well, I'm a four, but I might go a four point five. <laughs> I don't often do a point five, <laughs> but as you've done one, no, I don't. Th- I, I will agree with a lot of people that have been defending this. I don't think it's a bad episode. No. No. I just find it a boring one. It's not one I'm going to go back and watch very often, but it is certainly not for me personally. Anyway, it's not a in the forest of the night, which I find almost in unwatchable because mm-hmm. it is so bad. It's not a sleep no more to me. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go 4.5 then. 4.5. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that would have been, a, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad I gave it a rewatch and, and actually it sounds crazy to say this, doesn't it? Force myself to watch it. You shouldn't be saying that about an episode of dot two. But I did. I had to force myself, don't look at your phone, get into the story. And when I did that, it, it did go up in my estimations a bit cool. this episode. So, okay. yeah, 4.5. Okay, okay. Uh, what did our awesome listeners think? Let's kick off with some audio reviews. This is TARDISNet66. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big Blue Box podcast. So, Saranga Conundrum, what a disappointment. It's clear that Chris Chibnall is a great showrunner for Doctor Who, but he needs to hire more writers to write the episodes for him. It's meant to be a scary base on the siege story, and you've got this ridiculous petting monster who just undermines any threat and any tension that the story would have had. And it's just full of pointless exposition scenes are just pointless and go nowhere and you have this pointless pregnant man subplot which is just ridiculous I mean I think Jodie Whittaker and Manhip Gill particularly held the episode together for me but they're still given absolutely nothing to work with so it's rather a disappointment to me oh dear oh dear well yeah thank you for your view I, I, I can certainly 
agree with some of those points. Yes, indeed. Mm. Uh, regular reviewer, this is Sammy Satin. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satin here. So, the Saranga Conundrum. Well, the Pating were cute. Sort of a cross between the Adipose and the Cookie Monster. I like both those better than the Pating. The pregnant bloke added zilch. I didn't notice the general lady had died until there was a sheet over her. Ryan and Yaz are given six minutes to get everyone to the assembly area. They get pregnant man, then spend about three minutes talking about Ryan and how his mother died. Now, I'm sorry Ryan's mum died, but it adds nothing to the plot. Also, the doctor finds a bomb, gets the pating to swallow it, and that apparently blows it up even though we don't see it. This story would be embedded with a more threatening monster, like the Cybermen, for instance. Cybermats eat three spaceships too. I'll say it again. Do better, Chibbers. I give it four patings out of ten. See ya. A four. Che- cheers, Sammy. Yeah, a four. Um, I think, you know when the the pating ate the bomb? I don't think it blew up. I think it, because it, it digested it, because it seemed to enjoy it, didn't it? Yeah. It was like, oh, so much energy from the bomb. I think it just blew it into space. So <laughs> someone might want to correct me, but I think the pating is still out there. Possibly, yeah. It did. I am right, aren't I? It 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 just swallowed so. it because yeah. there was this yeah. shot of it looking all happy and glowing that it swallowed the bomb. Yeah, and, you could oh, see it delicious. glowing in its tummy. Yeah, delicious bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Uh, Cheers, Sammy. <laughs> our last audio clip. This is Alex Kingdom. Ah, <sighs> Pating. Hello, Garen and the Big Blue Box Podcast. How are you doing, both of you? The Sanangra. Conundrum. So far, I haven't got the pronunciation of this episode correct because I really don't care. This episode was meh. And at first, I thought it was unwatchable. Now, I enjoyed it a lot more on second viewing. I really like the character of Astos, and one thing that annoyed me was that he was killed off very early on. Um, and then the rest of the group were great. Uh, I loved the man that was pregnant. I liked how that interwove of Ryan's story. I thought Graham uh, and his whole call the midwife thing was great. Jodie was fine. Um, she hasn't really done anything as a doctor. She's still not there for me as a doctor yet. It's it's just a weird mess of. It's okay, but it's 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 not something uh, spectacular. I thought it looked great. Yeah, I, 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 it's kind of baffling to me. It's not an episode that I can, you know, say it's horrible, but I can't say I enjoyed it either. So 6.5, maybe? 6.56? Am I okay to be baffled? Is it just me? Oh, Alex. No, you're perfectly okay to be baffled, mate. I was. Do you know what I think... Do you know what I think you gained from a rewatch of this? Because a lot of people who didn't enjoy it, like myself, may never go back to it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate, actually. If we weren't... If we weren't doing a review, I don't think I'd have watched this again for a very long time. But I'm so again, I'm glad I did because what you benefit from a rewatch is on a first watch, you're sat there thinking, something happened, please. I'm <laughs> bored. Something please happen. <laughs> on a rewatch, you know exactly what you're getting. So I'm sat That's there true. thinking, yeah, I know you kind of the expectations are lowered, or you know that, you know, it's what it is. And I think um it is sort of more watchable on a rewatch slightly yeah i'd agree with <laughs> so that. so if you yeah. if you're out there and you hated it like me and you really you're like and by the sounds of it, alex and you're like i'm never watching that episode again it actually i can see on a rewatch why people are saying it's not that bad it's just that you know when you're watching a new episode of who you're just so excited and you want more from it you know on a rewatch you kind of know what you're getting <laughs> true so it's not as bad it's not as big a disappointment if you see what i mean yes 
No, I read you. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, over on Twitter, I'm going to rattle through a few of these. Uh, Sir Jacob Whistle said, I was so bored, what a letdown. Mm. Um, mm. Darren Colt Dissection said, uh, secondary threat to character development again in this episode. Mm. Uh, As Mahmood says, um, I can't wait until you review this one. I gave up after 20 minutes. Oh dear. But from what I saw, it was absolutely terrible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did we have here? Uh-huh. Uh, Theta Sigma podcast um, says uh, laughably embarrassing oh dear residing amongst dross of the mid 80s <laughs> which Chibnall had publicly lambasted the side cast Asos notably farcical yeah. pregnant man and CBBC villain a joke above all unfollowable techno babble bestowed me to my phone within 20 uh, within 10 minutes he gives it a one out of 10 <gasps> a one theta yeah i saw theta wasn't impressed yes oh sorry that was craig uh sorry that wasn't theta um oh. that was craig pooley w craig matthew all right um i think theta signal was gonna do his own review though um Hoovian callum says meh it was meh i think that's all i have to say about it oh dear this mm. isn't going very well no. <laughs> um uh so look our writer jordan shortman Says uh, a lot of eighties vibes going for it, um, but the story just didn't deliver. While I like the sets and the alien was entertaining and cute, Chibnall's writing failed to impress me again. Uh, I kept thinking how much better this story would have been with the Wern. Oh yeah, maybe. Mm. Yes. Uh, let's have a look. Rotide says I don't think it's as bad as people claim, um, but I did find they spoke way too quickly, making it hard to follow. Um, and the plot was quite weak. I am worried because every episode, apart from Rosa, has been a weak story. But we yeah. gave it the benefit of the doubt. A four out of ten. Mm. Matt Mole, not a good episode again. Poor performances from supporting cast and still no USP for Jody. Five out of ten. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? TARDIS grade. Such a disappointing episode. Completely failed to keep me interested. Mm. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what happened. I spent more time looking at my phone. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a general pattern, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Marco Bricks. Sorry. Sorry, Marco Bricks. Oh, yeah, go on, Marco Bricks. I like the spaceship set. Actually, I loved it. It reminded me of the Liberator in Blake 7. What? The main cast done their best with what was a crap storyline. Why did they need a pregnant man at all? That was just stupidity. The Bating I thought was too cute to be scary, but they could have done something with it, make more of them, and have them chase the cast all over the ship have a few kill people in impressively clever ways for a small creature, and all in all, just a poor episode. Oh dear. The Liberator is the most beautiful ship in the galaxy. <laughs> Maybe not on the inside, but... Uh, our buddy Neil, Brighter Moon, says, I feel like I'm in the minority here. I really enjoyed it. It was light, fun, and an entertaining story, which was a perfect Sunday night escapism viewing. It was who, as it's really, silly alien caper core. Uh, watching it as a family, everyone got something from it. A seven out of ten. Seven. Oh, cool. Um, Time Lord 0902. Too bad the Pating wasn't allowed to eat everyone involved with Doctor Who this season. Now that would have been entertaining. What would they have done, my beloved show? What have they done to my beloved show? Sorry, a zero out of ten. Zero. Oh, good Lord. Crikey. Um, there's loads and loads on Twitter. I can't. We can't obviously read them all out. If you jump over to our uh, Twitter feed, you'll be able to get involved. Uh, Big Blue Box P cast. Before I move on to Facebook, we had a couple of email 
uh, reviews in. Uh, this is from yeah. Natalie Harris. Do we um, have any faxes? <laughs> uh, she says, uh, uh, I love the podcast. I started ranting on Twitter, but there simply isn't enough characters. Uh, so she says that last episode, as every other episode, other than Rosa, um, was absolute garbage. Oh. I've gradually seen a lot of opinions online coming round to this opinion uh, and fairly... Um, and fairly criticising Chib. However, a lot of people believe that Jodie Whittaker is being let down by the scripts. It's my humble opinion that people are being very generous to Whittaker because they so want her to be a success. I badly wanted a woman to be my favourite Doctor, but I'm gutted to say that that simply isn't good enough. Regardless of the terrible scripts, she lacks authority, speaks like an idiot, and doesn't come across as alien enough, rather than as an actor trying too hard to come across as zany. People are fairly uh, criticising Chibs and saying that she was let down by the scripts, Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I generally have to stop watching because I'm boring myself moaning about it and watching my favourite show deteriorate is becoming painful. Oh, God. Yeah, I I can sympathise because I was thinking this before the review. I was thinking, I remember when we had to review Class and every week we were just like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to bore people, but this is really bad. And I, I was thinking, don't. I really don't want that to happen to Doctor Who. Like, if it got to the point where I just was coming on every week, just saying I didn't enjoy that, I'd have to stop because I wouldn't want to bore people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I kind of, I have that same worry, you know. But yeah. we're thinking positive. Second half of the series is going to be good. Yes, there's no Chibbers writing for the next couple at least. No, come on, let's be positive. Uh, The other email was from, uh, I can't say this name correctly, Geraint or Geraint Jones. Uh, It says, after last week's mediocre episode, I felt anxious about the Saranga conundrum. It wasn't off to a good start when I yelled out, ew, when Chibnall's name appeared as the writer in the intro. Hmm. Story was fine, plain and simple. A trend of Chibnall as of late. I don't think he is cut out for head writer. Uh, He should write the great awesome episodes and not the episodes we forget in a week's time. I still have no idea how I feel about Jodie's Doctor and only hope the series finds its feet again, hopefully without Chibnall or until he can actually write something that's better than me. A 5.5. 5.5. Middle of the road. And a couple on Facebook. Who have we got here? Andrew Cuthbert. I seem to be in a minority who likes it. Mm -hmm. Strong supporting cast and the clinical white interior of the spaceship had Ark in Space vibes. Yes. It did, yeah. Uh, it did give, look lovely, yeah. Mm, given we had a woman who gave birth to kittens in gridlock, the whole pregnant man thing doesn't really phase me. It's Doctor Who, it's daft and wonderful. Mm. Leslie Shergold. Well, as a fan of over 40 years, standing, I have no complaints with any of the series so far. Okay, cool. Jodie and the rest of the cast are great. The show just looks gorgeous. And my worries regarding Chibbers running the whole thing have been proven wrong. But sadly, my nephews are no longer interested and don't want to watch. Not enough fun, not enough spaceships, not enough TARDIS. My worry now is if the show continues to focus on drama, you will lose a great chunk of a generation of viewers. I do worry about that. I kept thinking all the way through, this episode is so slow. Are kids going to really stick with this? I know uh, Martin from Bad Wolf said... um, I don't know who he was talking about. I forget now. I said some kids that he knew loved it. But yeah, that is one of my worries is that kids will just desert it because it's too wordy. But Maybe. I could be wrong. I don't yeah. know. Mark Daniel Mooney, another filler episode. Nothing awful, but nice effects. Six out of 10. Ian Palmer, decidedly average. 
mm. could have been trimmed in a variety of ways and the tension should have been ramped up a lot more. On the plus side, I thought the production was superb. Lovely clinical design for a medical ship. Very true. Yeah. Dale Smith, I enjoyed it. Jodie was excellent, even though the pating was more cute than threatening. Dean Jones, a very mixed bag for me. Goes on to give it. Um, he stuck between 5.5 and 6. Mm. Lou Gallagher, mid-series dip. It's a mid-series fall off a cliff. Oh. Uh, yes, he goes on to give it a 4. Lawrence Baxter, 5.5. Charlie Turner, 4.5. Jeff Waddle, half-decent run around base under siege, but really this week's issue to ram down our throats was men could have children. Uh, take that out and you have a 15-minute plot. Six out of ten. Mm. Yep. And there's loads more on here. I can't read them all out. But um, again, jump over to our Facebook page um, and you'll be able to check them out and reply if you so want to. Yes. Anything over at Geek Soundbag? Yes, loads, mate. Far too many to Far read. As many. I said, I think we've, we've covered quite a lot. I'll just say um, the general consensus for this one was, on Geek Soundbag anyway, was definitely towards the negative. I think most of the comments, I'd say, yeah. probably as much as 95% uh, didn't enjoy it. Um, and I do love reading all your comments, but we're just getting so many now. I don't want to just keep reading and comment after comment. But yeah, I'll just give the consensus, which was the majority of Geeks Handbag uh, followers didn't enjoy this episode. But mm. there was about well, maybe 10% that did Right in the comments. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay, Um Right. Now that's out of the way. What are we reviewing <laughs> next week? So next week, yeah. Um, who's writing this? Uh, I'm not sure, but it's it's definitely not Chibbers. And I'm trying to fill time because I've lost the sheet. It's uh, is it Demons of the Punjab? Is Demons of the called? Punjab. Yes. P- yes, Demons of the Punjab. Yeah. Um, yeah. Week. Who is writing it? I think. Oh, we're so bad with this. It is written by. Crikey. Stephen Chibnall. <laughs> um, do you know what I can't even remember mate I'm so sorry no I don't know either but anyway it's not Steve, It's not uh, Stephen Moffat and it's not Chris Chibnall it's someone else and uh, trailer another crackingly 10 second short trailer this week to give us nothing to go on um, but we did get a slightly longer one after after the episode this week it does look um, production wise great so let's hope the store is good uh, in this one hopefully Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, I think it will be. I've got a good feeling about it. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, hold on. I can tell you who it's written by. I got it right here. It's written by uh, Vinay Patel. Excellent. Excellent stuff. And I he think... did tweet. Oh, sorry. Just before you wrap up, he did tweet something about this is the story he's wanted to write for years or something. And I liked. I can't remember how he worded it, but I remember thinking I like the sound of that. That's so, true. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone that's worried about Chibbers, he doesn't write an episode now until episode 10. Yeah. So he's not... Is that the final? Yeah. The finale, yeah. Yeah. Mm, finale. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I think we will wrap there for 208. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to episode 208. It was a bit of a slog towards Mm -hmm. the end there. We did have quite a few negative things to say, but I think, in all honesty, it's... I don't think we've bashed it for the sake of bashing it. Well, no, we don't. Not at all, no. I think it's one of those things where, in a nutshell, we just didn't enjoy it. 
Simple as that. That much. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Hopefully next week, um, it will be a different story. I think a different writer, different vibe altogether. Let's see what happens. Yes. In the meantime, though, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes on there. Plus, you can link off to all of the social networks and give us a like and a follow. We chat plenty of uh, Doctor Who and stuff in between the Friday shows. And also subscribe to the podcast on the website. Again, there's loads of buttons there to go off to the different um, podcast um, directories and so on. And uh, the big one there is iTunes. And if you're an iTunes listener or subscriber, if you could spare a minute for a review, that would be awesome because that really helps us lots. Also, check out Adam's YouTube channel, The Geeks Handbag. Loads and loads of awesome videos over there that Adam has done over the last God knows how many years now. (laughs) I know, yeah, it's flown by. Yeah, just so many cool videos. Go over there, The Geeks Handbag, and uh, grab a cuppa and you'll get lost. (laughs) in all of those cool videos loads of really cool reviews unboxings uh, location shoots convention stuff all sorts of good stuff yeah and you're also on all the socials aren't you just do a search it's the same name everywhere the Geek's Handbag that's it just do a search for that and you won't be disappointed no you won't or will you or will you depending on how Adam feels about a particular (laughs) episode yeah (laughs) Uh, yes uh, next week we'll be asking for your reviews after uh, Demons of the Punjab so make sure you get that watched timely enough because we'll put a post out on the Monday and we'll get all your stuff in thank you so much for all of you that do that each week it's very awesome uh, next week can't wait for a more positive vibe hopefully yeah should be yes. yeah. until then my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember hey. Hey.